Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Let's go get him. That's another one for the fire. All right, Dan, we're back with another episode of Horror Vision. I am your host, John. And I'm the co-host, Boog. And today we got the vigil for you. Uh, 2019 film, technically, uh, but it was picked up for distribution by IFC Midnight. Uh, What was that? 2021, February 2021. Uh, so technically, we're gonna call it a 2021 film book. I'm there's, fine with that. There's nothing we can do about it. <laughs> nope. How about today? I was, I was uh, filling something out, and I I accidentally wrote 2021. Like that always happens. We're only a couple days into 2022, and that was always the worst at, at school. Like it would oh, it would yeah. it would take like until like March. And teachers would intentionally make you write the date on stuff. I feel just to like just, to me, for me, just to throw me off. I swear. I think it's the. I think it's like a muscle memory. Like the more you do something, the more you get used to it. But um, the, I think it's probably worse for people now. Like just with the pandemic, and especially when people weren't going in and everything was on the computer. It, I there's people probably still writing 2020, 2019. Kids nowadays don't even know how to write. You, well, you don't either, so. I know how to put pen on paper. It's not about what you what you do with it. It's how, is that not how writing? Long, how long it is? Is that not writing? I don't. I'm not the expert on that book. Not tonight. Inspiring. <laughs> uh, right. So, so we got expert. we got the visual the visual. I want to say the, mm-hmm, visual. the visual. Yeah, the visual. Um, I chose this one. Uh, I saw the trailer for it. looked pretty interesting. Um, and then just the overall concept, because I knew you were like more into like the paranormal and like the demons, kind of like uh, I know yep. you're a big fan of the Conjuring. Um, yep. And the uh, the Insidious movies like very that. Much. Yes. And also, you're very familiar with the Jewish faith. So I am. This pretty much just like checked all the boxes for you so i figured you know what i'll throw a book of bone to start the new year give him something he might be interested in please i i am very interested in anything with the jewish culture and and uh paranormal Par- paranormality Paran- paranormality i think that's what it would be who knows nobody knows that's the thing that's the big thing is nobody knows book um but not an official so i'm cool with it so we'll we'll get into this one here. Um, but first, what have you been up to this past week? Uh, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, but I have something crazy. Absolutely crazy. A moment that I will never forget for the rest of my life. All right, fuck me up with it. I'm ready. I'm all about it. I'm ready for it. You can tell how excited I am by my voice. Yeah. Calm down here. Uh, so... <laughs> At work this past week, we were watching, uh, we had the news on in the break room, and uh, they, the news was talking about there's a death penalty going on, uh, two people have been sentenced to death in Iowa or something like that, and they requested to be killed by firing squad. Do they have that and option? Is that like, they, do you get to choose? Th- they're they're given that option. That's that's the option they. It said the according to the news they chose that option. So I don't know if they're given that option or if it was just like, hey, that's what you're doing. Deal with it. That's pretty wild. Like if you think about the different ways, I know Texas yeah. is is the state that has like the most options right now. Like they still do everything. You can get hanged there. The electric chair. They do the firing squad. Lethal yeah, but nothing's injection. better than nothing's better than Florida's uh, death penalty. 
I think that's just like you get, get eaten you, by alligators. I was gonna say you just get re-released into Florida and then try to survive, like the Hunger Games. Good luck. Um, no, but so so we're watching the news, and uh, of course, this whole story is going on with the death penalty. And uh, a guy that I work with who uh, is from Arizona, and no joke, starts going in like this hillbilly Western accent voice, and just goes. Randomly, just starts chanting, "You know what they gotta do to really keep these criminals from from doing criminal acts? You gotta stretch that neck." And he's like, he kept like saying it and like almost like chanting it. He just kept going, "Stretch that neck, and no one will do any harm anymore." Stretch that neck. Stretch that neck. And and me and the guy I was sitting next to were like, "What the hell is this dude? Just you, this did guy they, just moved from Arizona work, like two months ago." And do you I was work like, with like who a, is this guy? Do you work with like an old time prospector? <laughs> Listen, it. I'm here right now. It's a temporary job. It's just to pay the bills for right now. I really hope nothing happens to me. If something does, go to this guy first. Look out for prospector Pete. No joke, he's probably. Well, you know it's wild. Do you know how they? Act, do... You know how like the firing squad actually works. No, I imagine so, it's just really messy. So they line you up, and it's they get like five or six dudes, and like you're tied to a pole or whatever. Yeah. And they give the people five or six guns. Obviously, depending on how many people they were. Like, imagine you got six people lined up and they didn't hand one of them a gun. He's like, I guess you could just go home. It's like when you go to jury duty and they're like, uh, you've been dismissed. Lucky contestant right there. Um, you just no, sit there and watch. So they, they pass the guns out to the people. And here's the thing is they all the people lined up, they don't know if they have an actual, like either a blank or a real bullet in there. That way, when they fire their guns off all at the same time and kill the person... Of like the five or six people that were part of the firing squad, no one knows who's the one that actually killed the person. I was actually just going to pose that question. How the hell, like, how do you get that position? Like, hey, you're going to be part of the fire squad. That's that's you're a good point. Like, I mean, you're going to have to go to therapy afterwards. I don't, you don't know if he killed a man. You don't know if he did kill a man. I don't think it's a volunteer job. Um, but I guess if it is a paid job, it would be a state job. So I don't know. Probably would get good benefits imagine so can you imagine if it was like a uh like an auction or something like these are 10 people you did wrong they all put their name in a hat and the one person who drew your name got to join the firing squad can you imagine that'd be pretty like that? pretty wild or like if you yeah. let like the family of the victims like they get first dibs if they want to be on i don't know it's wild all i'm gonna say is Stretch that neck. I wouldn't keep saying that because I'm not a hundred percent book, but that could be like a racial thing. And we don't, don't we don't condone we don't condone that on this podcast. And I'm not saying it is, but it seems like someone in like the Confederate South would say that some real piece of Maybe. shit. So but he was from all I know is he's from Arizona, and he was referring to hanging people yeah like, obvi- obviously like, obviously we, we get that but yeah. like that's like a lynch but who knows who knows that's just no. a weird i would just my advice to you would just be stay away from that guy okay it's, it should be pretty easy to outrun him i'm gonna say he's like five foot four 60 years old you're gonna be laying in bed tonight you're gonna open your eyes you're just gonna get a stretch that neck uh, and he's and no one's gonna be in my room i know it it's gonna be creepy as hell you're gonna say oh fuck it's prospect pete <laughs> Oh shit! Uh, it's, right. it's prospector trying to round up the uh, the was it the uh, the roundup gang? Is that a thing? Did you just make yeah, that up? No, that's Toy Story. That's what they're called. Yeah, the roundup gang. I'm pretty sure. I don't know. It's been a while since I watched I Toy Story two. I, I I didn't want to know. I'm looking it up, and I'll tell you the answer. Did you the know the last time I saw Toy Story two? Like 1997. Like whatever year it came out when I saw it in theaters, that was the last. 1998. Really? I see. I I loved Toy Story. I grew up on that. Oh, yeah. I I liked them growing up, but like, not not something I go back to. Like, it's not like I have kids. Like, maybe like when my niece is born in um, May, maybe like I'll, I'll start watching like kids' movies again. But the only kids' movie I still watch is The Goonies. Listen, I introduced. My niece and my nephew 
to two movies. One, Toy Story. The yeah. other, Debbie does Star Dallas. Wars. <laughs> no, <laughs> Star Wars. <laughs> it was a uh, it was a very touching moment, but they didn't pay attention for for any of it. Well, I think it, they it, saw. It, I was gonna say, if you think about it, like as a kid, like my earliest memories, not until I was like four or five years old. So like, basically, the first like four years of your life, it just you can do whatever. Like the kids aren't gonna know. Like yeah, well, tell them you took them to boring. Disney World and really just put them in the back of the car and you drove to the car wash. <laughs> That's you're gonna be a good uncle. Oh, I'm gonna be the best uncle. I I, <laughs> I think I was I was born to be an uncle. <laughs> All right. Well, you ready to hop into this movie? Yeah, let's do this. All right. So the basic story of this movie. Uh, takes place in a Hasidic community of Borough Park, Brooklyn. A despondent young man, short on both faith and funds, reluctant, reluctantly agrees to assume the responsibility of an overnight shimmer. So basically what a shimmer is, is a person that watches over the body of a deceased member of the of the church, of the community. Um, and that's based upon like their religious practices. Like Basically, like if you have someone watch over the body, uh, the night before they're buried, just to make sure like no evil creeps in, um, just tradition. Uh, so I guess it's like technically like a, a paid job in their community. So um, the dude was like, "All right, I'll fucking do it." Uh, sounds like pretty creepy to me. I don't know if I would do it, book, but I could see you being a shimmer. Schumer, Chuck Schumer, Amy Schumer. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> It yeah, just keeps no, getting honestly, worse. It like progressively got worse. Yeah. <laughs> right. No, honestly, like I would probably do it if I didn't have to stay in the person's house. I mean, like that, if, it, if it was at like a funeral home or something. I don't think it like, works. I think that's the part is like in the Hasidic community, it's like you are the view. You have like to watch it yeah. before it goes up. So See, this is something I was I'm confused out. like because I had in college, I took a in, intro to Judaism class because I needed a humanity. Yeah, I thought their their big practice is that they had to be buried before sundown. Because I know that a lot of times that falls into issues with uh, criminal cases because they can't get an aut- autopsy done fast enough because based upon the religious practices, they have to be buried so quickly. But I, I wasn't um, sure about that, but I don't know. Maybe it's different with like um, Hasidic Jews. I'm not, not entirely sure. I mean, that's actually a pretty good point so uh, i mean so since you took your judaism course you know like jewish rest in peace hey rest in peace rabbi dave r.i.p but um the for jewish like religion the days start at nighttime so like it's it's weird so it could be something like that like they got to put it before they got to rest the body before the next day which would be sundown yeah that, that does make sense yeah, I'm not, so yeah, that's I wasn't sure. Like, so maybe I guess when in the morning they wake up, then they have to be, have them buried the next day. I wasn't sure about that, and I didn't really look into it. But it doesn't really take away from the story. So anyway, no. um, back to it here. So with only the company of the recently departed and ailing widow who expresses cryptic reservations as to the man's ability to carry out the task, he finds himself exposed to a terrifying haunting within the claustrophobic confines of a home that has become host to a malevolent entity that's the basic story of this movie uh we'll get into it a little bit more in our pros and cons um but i i like that as a setup for a movie because even before you get into the backstories and the entity the the demon uh what was it called the mazic that was haunting them Mm -hmm. um just the setup like that's that when you're making a a horror movie or telling a scary story just the initial setup like that already creeps you out the fact that you're borderline alone like you're alone and like with a possibly like um like dementia out of their mind like widow in this house alone with a dead body and creepy stuff starts happening like that, that that's a good setup in my opinion no, it is, and but that well, I guess that, that'll is, be uh, my first con. So we'll do we'll go into pros and cons here. My first pro is the overall premise and the setup of this story. Um, I early on it it it, it pulled me into it. I was I was interested. I'm like, where where are they going to go with this? I I'm about this. 
Yeah, that that's actually a good uh, good transition too, because one of the points that I wrote down is um, I liked how the so the main guy, the whole reason why he was in that situation was because uh, his life kind of derailed because his son died. I actually kind of mm-hmm. liked that um, like character arc for him, the background of him. Of his life is destroyed. He's trying to improve uh, upon like what he's given, what he's working with right now, and because he was such uh, he had he had you know, a history with like Judaism, stuff like that. Um, I really like that. Yeah. That was a good, so touch. it was a the good main character ca- building arc for him. The main it character, sense he was there and why yeah, he was in distress. The main character, Yakov Ronan played by Dave Davis. Um, I thought he did an excellent job acting. Um, and especially when you're going to be spending most of the time, uh, with this story focused on him in these, uh, the, the creepy setting, mostly within one house. Um, and what they did with his backstory, I, I like that as well because there's kind of um, like a mirroring of what the the deceased man kind of went through. Like he had some dark things in his past, uh, as well as the, the like Yakov. He had that grief with his son dying and, and trying to get over the like that like internal trauma that he has, and like that just like you said, the arc of him trying to overcome that with this Mazik, the demon, trying to latch on to him. I, I, I just, I like that dynamic a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I really do too. And oh, at first I kind of questioned it because, you know, you would think that it would instantly just go from, the, you know, the guy who died to his wife who was still living in the house. But I actually kind of like how it, it was like, no, she's too old, she's too fragile, she's going to die soon. Yeah, I thought... It's going to jump she, someone who's younger and stronger. Yeah, I thought her acting was good, too. She played, like, a creepy, distraught, older woman. Like, I, th- mm-hmm. I thought that I thought that was good. You know what movie she was in? Uh, so I'm actually pulling this up because her name seemed familiar, her face did, and it looks like The Hunger Games that I... Uh, yeah. Dude, she was in Eagle Eye. I forgot about that Shia LaBeouf movie. Mm-hmm. That movie was trash. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, that makes sense why you forgot about it. But yeah, so the, the only, I mean, I'd seen Eagle Eye, but it was a while ago. But uh, no, I thought she, so. What I know her from was uh, the Hunger Games, Catching Fire, and in that movie, she only had like two lines, and the rest of her parts, she she was like, I don't know, maybe she didn't speak at all in it. I don't. She just has a very memorable looking face. Yeah, which so she she's her her she's very good as a, like a uh, I don't even know like a muscle actor pretty much because like yes. her emotions I don't know like her emotions are what her acting is it's not really like her voice it's not like her tone it's not her pitch and her when she delivers a line it's more of like her her facial like, features like when, when yeah. she yeah you know and I thought she was great in this I thought she played a great as like a supporting role to help explain the story to help try to help the guy try not to help the guy just to you know just to explain things to him i, I thought she was yeah it, she, I, she she was a good like conduit for like not over exposition but like to kind of get a little bit of the backstory yeah um what so what did you think about her husband's backstory um, with the Nazis and, and kind of what went on with that. See that, see, I mean, I like it, but I don't like it, you know, because when it comes to like the Nazis, like, I feel like there's such a wide range that you can tell with them. Cause there's a lot that there's a lot of conspiracy theories out there, what they did, what they didn't do and what they had their hands in, you know? Yeah. But there's so, also like a lot of, uh, evidence uh to what they did do book like there's no no i know i'm not i'm not saying like they didn't do i'm just it, want to know? clarify like i want you to openly say it on the podcast now that you are not a holocaust denier i no i am absolutely not a holocaust i can't even you i can't even say it a holocaust denier okay no, have I you just ever met a holocaust, holocaust denier no and i hope i don't they're bad shit insane dude i had to take a field trip in high school to the holocaust museum one time 
Who was the worst? Oh. Well, it was for a German class, which is, that's kind of awkward. But they took us down to D.C., which obviously from Pittsburgh, that's like a four-hour drive, three-and-a-half-hour drive. Oh, um, especially with traffic on 95. Oh, boy. Oh. Yeah. So we went down. It was just a day trip for school. So we left at 6 a.m., went down there, um, and we, we visited the Holocaust Museum. And I'll tell you what, that shit is bleak. Uh, and then oh, yeah. afterwards, we were allowed to go like in the little area there and figure out what to eat. And our German teacher wouldn't let us go to Hooters. Uh, it was a long day, but it's um, I mean, there was some some very um, like the, the 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 pictures that they have actually taken. Um, that's I think it was was it Eisenhower that was like to yeah. to make sure like that that was photographed because there's people that openly deny it. And it's just stacks of bodies and just the the idea that's other human like humans can do that to other people it, it's just fucked and like so it's like not i mean i would just not recommend get, taking a field trip there but like yeah if you if you deny the holocaust like fuck you straight yes, up absolutely i i personally have had family who i know who was uh, affected by the holocaust and uh and i've met people who don't believe in the holocaust so it's just like you know kind of kind of bothers me you know who do you know that's a holocaust denier um so my cousin married a guy and the guy's mother is from germany um moved from germany to the u.s and could never believe that her country would do something like that yeah like a lot of people don't want to believe but like the evidence is there it's fucked oh 100 so so she moved so she moved i want to say in like she was young but I want to say like the 30s. That, so like that was the so, time when so my, people like worshipped Hitler and stuff like that. Because he really turned the country around. Yeah. Well, like he started off very good as far as um, like turning their economy around and getting that in. But like he always had the the darker agenda. And then he just um, committed like absolute atrocities. Yeah. Uh, but my my that's my dad's grandfather, my great grandfather. He left germany in 1933 and came here but it wasn't like oh like hitler like got elected to power and then he left it was just like it just was a coincidence that he decided to leave it like he was a 10 year old kid but like his family decided to come over here they're like fuck it the u.s is cool like we'll come over Mm -hmm. but yeah i I can't i can't imagine having going through that um that being said like i could kind of see what you're saying as far as like with like I, th- I think this is what you mean. Like as far as with like the Nazis, like there's been a lot done, and like there's a, a lot that the Jewish people have gone through, like over the years mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And it just seems like in these type of movies and and everything like that, it always comes back to like Nazi Germany. You know, it'd be like if there was like something different, like uh, maybe like if there was some type of like while he lived here like an anti-semitic situation or just just something else but i I see like it's easy to go back to the holocaust and the nazis for like like this demon the mazik um it's it like attaches on to people that are going through um real dark times and have had these traumas in their lives and obviously if the time frame and the age of this guy if if he was going through the Holocaust and what he went through, like, um, that obviously that's an immense trauma and like he would attach to that type of person. And it also makes sense why the demon would want to try to, um, move on from him after, after he died and go to Yakov because like with his son and what he went through, that's another, um, huge trauma. And like, that's what, what's what this demon feeds off of. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I get what you're the, saying. It's like the, it's always the like best, it's like the easiest like, yeah, because thing the, to go so back to, to. The best way to, for me to describe it is how I feel about like the Nazi party and stuff like that was, and like how when people use it for a plot, is we know so much about them, but equally we know, we don't know all that they did. Like we know so much that they did, but for every so much that we know, we don't know what they did. That makes it's kind of confusing, but like. That's how my brain's working right now. That's how I'm know. putting it. So, like, are you a Nazi sympathizer now? Book, like, I just you're gonna have no. to clear up a lot of stuff here. No, absolutely not. No, uh, 
Uh, next, next, next. What, what? Give me a con or pro. Which one would you like? Um, give me a give me a con. All right, I would say for a con, um, there was a few that were effective, but I would say the over reliance on jump scares. They did a good job with like the sound design. Um, and the camera angles and like the claustrophobia of like being in that tight house and like not being able to leave the house, uh, of setting up the atmosphere. So it had a good creepy atmosphere, but, Mm -hmm. but I felt like there was a a few like cheaper jump scares and you know, like I'm not the biggest fan of that, like jump scares don't get me, but it's like, it just doesn't, it's, it's just a cheap way to, to, to get to get to the scare, you know? You still yeah, exactly. kind of cheated a little bit. The only one that I thought was acceptable was when he left and his bones were breaking, and we'll talk about that later. Yeah. When his bones were breaking, he came back, and he was walking up the stairs. Like, I knew it was going to happen, but I thought that jump scare was actually okay. It was acceptable. Yeah, I, I didn't move I didn't, the plot forward. Yeah, I didn't mind that one. Yeah. Uh, um, that How painful was that? Like, the bones cracking, like, while he was trying oh. to get away. I can't. That's what. I mean, uh, that's so. That's a pro. That's that a pro. The other day, that guy breaking it or like bending his arm backwards or yeah, I, that, I sent it to. You. I I can't watch that stuff, and that's the that's why that's I, sent what it I to think you. of when I those cracks, those pops. Oh, dude, I've heard so many people pop. Like they're like, I've heard people's knees pop. I've heard people's like shoulders pop and break. You know, like I can't stand that, man. I can't do it. Um, but uh, I I actually have a con here, and, and well, I was just gonna say real quick because we're talking about mm-hmm. that and like what made that that portion work for me, um, yeah. and in general, I thought the the sound design was was very good on this, um, just like for that example, that cracking of the bone, um, yeah. and just like the eeriness in the house, or like you hear a little bit, or you could hear the lights flicking on, and all like I I, I like their what they did with the sound design. Yeah, the sound to me was on point for two scenes. One, this one, when he was cracking the bones, you know, he's trying to get away and trying to escape. The second one, which it didn't really bother me before, but once I saw it and heard it, um, the toe scraping on the on the uh, the, the tile flooring mm-hmm. and eventually the nail popping, like that's not a fear of mine. Mm-hmm. Like that nails on a chalkboard don't bother me. But hearing it, watching it, and watching that nail pop off, oh my yeah, god! Yeah, it was effective. That's what there was. There was a lot of things that were effective in this movie. Um, that was, oh, and I mean, I guess or, real quick, we'll, we'll talk about that. Um, the director, writer, and director Keith Thomas. Um, I thought he wrote a, a pretty interesting story, uh, and as far as his vision and directing it, I think he did a good job putting it on the screen there. Uh, I really don't know too much else that he's been in here. Let me just double check or, or not been in, but directed, you know? Um, yeah, really, I guess smaller, uh, movies. Is he doing the, he's, he's doing a modern update of the Stephen King novel Firestarter, which I was never a real Ooh. big fan of. Um, obviously like a, I think it was the eighties. They had the, um, the adaptation of Firestarter with Drew Barrymore, which was a mm. solid movie. But as far as like the overall story, like that story doesn't interest me that much. Like the kid with the powers to start fire and the issues that, that, that leads to like, well, not my favorite Stephen King story. Um, but I, I could imagine him doing something interesting with that. Cause he definitely um, is a type of guy that, that that's able to take, his vision from from the pages and then uh, projected out there on the screen. Um, and we, we talk about that a lot on the podcast. I like when someone's able to capture the script of a movie um, and 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 basically play it out to the best of its abilities on the screen. And like sometimes, like the shortcomings will be in the script because um, there, there's certain like tricks and stuff you can do to get the most out of it. But at the end of the day, like you can only go so far with your material and then uh vice versa there if the the director doesn't have the capabilities that i for what's on the page it could be a great script but it's just not executed there but i i think being the writer the director uh he had his vision and he executed on it so that's that's a plus for me for sure 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the one con that I have, it's kind of a big one, and you'll see why here. Um, so I, I wasn't super familiar with the the, the demon, the Mazikeen. Um, so I ended up looking it up because I, I wanted to know more about it. Cause, yeah, they just called know, it the, like the Mazik in this, but yeah, like that's from from the, the Jewish faith, the, the Mazikeen. Yeah, the Mazikeen. So um, after looking this up, I kind of was dis- disappointed in the movie. Um, so I don't know how familiar you are with the Mazik, but essentially it is, it's an invisible demon. Yeah. So it's a visible demon that creates minor annoyances or greater dangers. So the the little like visual effects that we saw, like the the toe scraping, or if you remember that real creepy scene, I got creeped out when uh, he saw like it's true face. her go upstairs. Oh, well, that too. I love her that, go upstairs. That, that's, that's my favorite scene. But it actually, she was in the kitchen and she like came out of nowhere and he was like, "What the hell is that?" Yeah. So, he, he called that, like, her this... going up the stairs. I like I like that scene a lot. I thought that scene. Yeah. That's my, my favorite scene in the movie. Because I was watching here, but... that and I was like, oh, fuck. But the whole like thing of the, the magic is like, it's an invisible demon. You can't see. So like, to me, and now that we're calling the movie, you see all those like, you you saw the demon's face. You saw the demon taking a picture. Yeah, I mean, there, there's the some, so there's like, some like, yeah, but there's some liberties with it. And I, I liked that was going to be my, my follow up on what was your thoughts on the, the creature's design. Um, I didn't think it was anything spectacular, but I thought it was creepy enough and it fit in the story oh, yeah. and it had those weird fingers and like the fucked up face. Like I, um, I, I, I thought it was all right with that. I'm okay with the liberties, but like, I take that interpretation wise, how they say it's like an invisible demon. Like, well, it's not really there, but it's like making its presence known to him. So, if that makes so sense. yeah, it, I, it does. And that's why, so it's a, it's an issue for me. It's a con for me for that. But the other side of it, I, I got, you got to understand how horror movies are made and paranormal movies are made. You can't just like not see anything throughout the whole entire film yeah then you, you, you would have the true effect of like the danger or like the feel of like yeah oh what's really there oh you never see it oh i don't know what it is that you know so you 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 would have the blair witch project problem where mm-hmm. the setup's cool and they're the creepiness but they never show you anything in the end and you leave the movie theater being like what the fuck what was like it? yeah honestly i think what would have made the original blair witch project take that next step and do an even better film is if at the very end you just caught just a little quick glimpse of of the witch or i mean technically it's like a, a creature or whatever but if if you would have got the the quick glimpse like that would made it like that has to be that payoff because you had that anticipation that build and i know the idea the style um for like the screenwriters the directors is any like they can put something the creepiest looking thing you saw on the screen but nothing will ever compare to what your mind will fill fill in the gaps in your head mm-hmm. so like what's in the dark is scarier than um like not knowing what's in the dark is scarier than seeing what's really in the dark because um, the human mind's crazy like that it'll, it'll come up with some crazy things but at the same time i think with a movie and the audience is expecting there has to be at least some payoff. Like if you think, and I know it was for technical reasons, but in jaws, like for the first majority of the movie, you don't really see the shark. It's the camera angles, the music and the glimpses and you get build that anticipation. Your mind's going crazy. Like there's something huge down there. Like what the fuck? Mm -hmm. And then you finally get to see the shark. And even though like it's obviously mechanical and semi shitty looking, like it's, effective because you had that whole anticipation and then there's the payoff so i yeah. I, I think if they just went with an invisible demon on this and like he never got anything they would have definitely hurt the story yeah but so i would have been fine though if they did just the two scares if they did one when it was going up the stairs because um, again, that's my favorite scene, and you said it's your favorite scene because yeah. that was truly horrifying and but two i think the one at the end just, they like, would have needed. I, I yeah. felt like they needed the one at the end where, where he burns it. Yeah. Now, if you remember, so when he was trying to leave and, and like get away and his bones were breaking, every time he looked up, he'd see like a shadow. What'd you think about that? 
since we're like on the topic of like seeing it were you okay with that yeah i'm I'm, I'm cool with the shadow as far as like the idea that like it's looming over him it's trying to latch on it's not letting him go like i get Mm -hmm. i like that like yeah i I like how it was a a dark cloud hanging over his shoulder yeah i liked when he looked up in the direction he was going it was always blocking his way yeah and i mean that's that's a good like um good symbolism for grief itself it seems like what if you go through something traumatic that there is that dark cloud hanging over you no matter where you go and you can't see past the dark cloud you're in your depression you're in your your feelings of sadness and like you can't see beyond that and like i think that's a good like i mean it's kind of on the nose but like very good symbolism for going through a traumatic experience absolutely you feel like you got that cloud it's just raining on you no one else um, another thing I wanted to bring up here too, the, I don't know about you, but the, every time the, the dead body was in the shot, I did nothing but stare at that dead body. Yeah. I mean, it, it was, uh, framed in such a way, like that's where your eyes are going to be drawn to. But yeah, yeah, I mean the same, like it was there, you're just watching, is there going to be a little bit of movement? Like, yeah, I, it was, that's all like I was, the, back to I was the, hoping for it. Back to like what we were saying at the beginning of the episode, it's like. I probably could do that job. I mean, if it paid well enough, but like, there's no way like you can cut it like that. It wouldn't be a creepy job. Like you would be on edge the whole entire time. Absolutely. It would be horrifying. I mean, your, your job is to watch a dead body in the home that that dead body was that lived in, grew up in whatever. And then like like, any little like creak or bump or like sound that you hear, you're like, what the fuck is that? Oh, like you're yeah. gonna be on edge the whole time. It'd be horrifying. Can you imagine like a clock? You just hear the seconds ticking as you're just sitting there, like. Oh yeah, you would just sit oh. up the whole entire time and just be like, uh, "All right, well, I hope the sun comes up soon." I would go insane, absolutely insane. I I one thing I, I gotta ask you. I want to see your opinion on it. The whole. Uh, cell phone scene so after he wakes up and he sees like he gets a text and uh it was a with, video like the of... hands the hands yeah coming. did you like that not really because the, the, i thought the hands looked a little bit weird they didn't look i don't know they just looked a little bit off to me you know you think they were meant to i mean do you think they like purposely did that or like it was just like hey those hands look yeah creepy. i, I was gonna them s- in there I would say, like, probably, I mean, because compared to, like, the other stuff, and that effect's couldn't have been too much compared to what, like, the demon normally had. Uh, I think maybe that was a design choice to, to have the, just, like, the slightly, like, this little, like, grayer hands with, like, black fingertips. Um, But, yeah, I, I wasn't the biggest fan of that. That part really didn't work for me. To me, it just felt out of place. Yeah. Like, I get what they're trying to do there. I feel like they're, they're there's other to, ways. Yeah, yeah. I definitely would have would have attacked that a little bit differently. And with that, I think I'm ready to go into ratings and recommendations. Hey, go on, get it, book, get it, All right. get it. So for rating, let's see. I'm gonna give this one a. I'm gonna give it a seven one. Okay. So I do like it. It is right up my alley with paranormal, with demons and stuff like that. Um, But obviously there's some things that uh, we loved, but there's some things that they needed to touch upon. Uh, And to be honest, this movie just gets me more excited for the director and things going forward with him because there's hope. And Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, like if there's hope for one thing, you know, if if there's hope, with this, there's hope for the next one. Yeah, so, if if I'm yeah, for anything, um, I'm all for the more directors that are uh, have a, a firm grasp on like what they're doing and and are capable of turning out interesting um, stories. I I 100% support that more. I want as I want more book as many directors that can actually make solid films do it. Absolutely. But yeah, to to me, this movie, 
it hit the fear factor, hit the horror factor. It was scary. Um, it, it had an interesting story that I, I'd like to follow because, like I said, I was watching the dead body, but nothing ever happened, you know. And I was, I liked how the little, the little, like you saw a shadow hanging over him, or you saw like the shadow going up the stairs, and he thought it was the old lady, but really it was just the old lady was behind him the whole time. Like it had good things in this. So uh, overall, 7 1, not bad. Um, I, for recommendations, uh, anyone who's into paranormal movies, anyone who's main the main thing that they love they strive to see in a horror movie is paranormal or like ghosts or anything like that i think this is right up your alley and it's a good movie because it, it shows you it has some promising scenes that like they're going to stick with me i guarantee they're going to stick with you because it was yeah, there's that, some that, scenes that that, that stairway cringed. scene yeah yeah like, like we talked about the stairway scene the nail on the the tile like i just i i really like some of the the choices that they made in this movie just just gonna not, wrap it up not all of them before. worked for me but like definitely there there's just some. just to wrap up my point before i turn it over to you some parts in this movie i got a real tight butthole all right go to you okay um i'm gonna go a little bit Flat. lower than you um i'm gonna go with a i'm gonna go it's kind of cheap, but I'm gonna go with the seven even. Um, I thought it was uh, an entertaining movie, solid, well done uh, indie flick. I can definitely see why it was picked up by the uh, distributor from the film festivals. Um, it it had a dark, atmospheric setup, excellent sound design. The main actor crushed it. Uh, I liked the, like I was saying earlier, the initial concept really worked for me. He had a good premise, and they executed on that. I would recommend this one to anyone that's like a fan of The Conjuring, Insidious. Uh, pretty much it has similar taste to you, Book. Like, that's when I saw this trailer at first. I was like, yeah, this is the one we're going to do. Yep. Um, the As far as people that might not like it... Um, Basically, if you're looking for like uh, a movie that has like a ton of kills, a ton of gore, this really probably wouldn't be up your alleyway. But uh, if if you are into the paranormal, uh, especially demons, uh, they, there's a, I feel like there was a wave for a while there of a bunch of like demon and exorcism, like those style movies coming out, and not very many of them were good. Uh, but I think this is like a a different, unique take on uh, a demon possession style movie where um it's it's just like an avenue like specifically with like the the jewish faith and, and their demons and stuff like that that isn't explored that often so th this definitely felt fresh to me um as well as like typically if you're going to see one that that um involves jewish demons it's usually the involves the dybbuk box um, mm -hmm. so the, this i that was, was a different like the i know you had to look it up i i didn't look it up but like just like seeing like the the name of the demon the the mazic like that's uh something i wasn't familiar with so it was something something new to me and uh i'm always down to check out uh new uh unique takes on the genre so uh, as far as who i'd recommend it to anyone that's that's into those the demon style films uh, you'll get a, like a new, uh, different perspective, a different, different, uh, take on it. So yeah, seven, solid seven. This movie uh, seven. is, is very entertaining and, and it's, uh, worth your time. Mm -hmm. Really, in my opinion, anything that, the uh, Blumhouse is a producer on, I, I, I've enjoyed. Yeah. You're a fan. I, there, there's some that don't really do it for me. Like just off the top of my head, what was the one? They they made two of them. It was the found footage ones where with the ghost and it was like hanging people in the high school. Uh not sinister. Are you no, talking sinister? No, I like sinister. I like the first sinister. The I first like one, the, yeah. The second one fucked it all up. But no, um, 
The Gallows. It was called the Gallows. Gallows. Yeah, yeah. that like there's they 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 have some misses, but I, I like what Blumhouse does. Like they definitely revitalized the horror genre. And they were the uh, producers on this, um, and IFC Midnight distributed it. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely as long as they're out picking up these little gems like that. Like fuck yeah, I'm all for it. I think you're gonna like the uh, the next couple movies they have coming out. Did you see the trailer for the new Insidious? I did not. Jesus Christ. I know what I'm doing after this. Yeah, do you even watch horror movies? Uh, Yeah, obviously I don't watch the trailers, but I watch the movies. Little little piece of shit. Uh, We're going to wrap this up. We're going to wrap this up. Because I want to go to bed, get a good night's sleep. Because tomorrow, you know what tomorrow is, Book? New day. Scream. The new Scream. Okay. Spoiler spoiler alert. That's going to be our next episode, Scream. It's called Scream, but it's really Scream 5. I hate that's. You, let's talk about that for half a second. No, I'll save it to the next. We episode. talked about that for. I know, but I want to. I want to rant on it again. It still pisses me off. I know why they I mean, do it, it because people are stupid. But like, I I would rather I'd give the horror genre fans more credit. I feel like they're more like they yeah they like we appreciate some shitty movies, but like there's there's a difference. Like we're not fucking idiots. Like all of us, at least you are though. But like also, I think aren't. Hollywood's running out of creative ideas. Oh, they've they've lost that a long time. Like, but uh, not heard... starting to, but it's yeah. becoming more and more uh, evident. At least I've, to me, I have high hopes for the Scream movie. I've heard only good things, and obviously, um, it could be all marketing, but uh, from what I've seen, some of the behind-the-scenes things, I think I think they're going to pull off something good. So we'll check that out for our next one. All right, well, other than that, so we'll wrap this up here. Uh, if you're listening to our podcast on your favorite streaming service, like, awesome. That's pretty good. I didn't tell you this, Boog. Uh, I saw our whole thing of telling people just five either five or four and a half stars it's been working and uh shout out to the loyal listeners uh they've only been giving us five star reviews so keep that up boost us on up there we're gonna take you straight to the top <laughs> but i appreciate uh, you more than you know if if you're looking to listen to this on a different uh podcast service we're we're on pretty much all of them spotify stitcher google play iHeartRadio uh amazon audible so it's pretty much your fault if you're not listened to on your favorite streaming service so get get on that i think is what i would say if i was a jerk but if i wasn't i would just say like whatever do whatever you want um if you want to reach out to us it's hunters horrorvision at gmail.com um send us a message if there's anything you want us to check check out if you have any questions or just want to say what's up shoot us a message we're pretty responsive uh, as well as we're on Twitter. That's just at HorrorVision. Uh, give us a follow on there. Shoot us a DM. We're always posting stuff up there. Uh, as well as we have a YouTube channel that we'll get to posting stuff up on there again eventually. That's uh, Hunter's HorrorVision on YouTube. Um, am I forgetting anything, Book? I don't think so. Uh, do you want to mention the other podcast? No, that's uh, well. When the time's right, we'll let people know. But uh, yeah, we are. We got something cooking. We got something. We've been down in the kitchen, just stirring it up. You know, just out there with our big ass, big old, big ass, big old fucking ladle, stirring the pot. On low heat, but let me tell you, it's gonna turn out good. I mean, yeah, it depends. I mean, I've been putting some putting some spice in there. I think that's how you cook. I don't know. Well, you just use an air. Let's let's talk about that for a second. Bug currently lives on his own. Like shout out to him. That's good. But he um, hey. he only uses an air fryer. He cooks everything in an air fryer. So he's definitely entrenched in that new like the air fryer fad. Like don't get me Listen. wrong. Like air fryers are good, but like I, I feel like you got to mix in a vegetable every once in a while. By by saying that, I don't mean like throw one into the air fryer, but like it can't Listen. be good for you just to air fry everything. Yeah, you want to know what I had tonight? You'll be impressed with this. Uh, I had a uh, like a chicken tender thing I put in the air fryer, but I also had uh, corn and a glass of milk. That was my dinner. Dude, that's kind of corn and milk. Just something about corn and milk just sounds gross. 
milk and corn? Is it how I phrased it? So Should yeah, I, I don't know. Nah, I just I got, I'm not I a got big, chicken milk and corn. I'm not. I've never been a real big milk guy. There's something. It's like real filmy. Like I'll. I had a glass of milk this morning with my Oreos, but like I'm not like, or I'll have it with my cereal. But like I won't just sit down and drink a glass of milk. Cho- uh, see, chocolate I'm, milk I'm the, though. Chocolate milk though is good. Oh yeah, absolutely. No, I'm the type of person that like you put a glass of whole milk in front of me, that's gone. Oh yeah, I remember that time you got caught at Old Farmer Brown's uh, farm. You're just sucking the milk right out the cow's teat, dude. The purest of milks. Can you blame me? Uh, that's bad for you. Like the process, uh, what was it? Louis Pasteur, pasteurizing Listen, milk, like and it, getting the antibiotics. Like that's what is like a huge thing, like that led to modern society. Like drinking milk right from a cow is not good for you. Listen, it wasn't my first time. I had a bandana cover my mouth and I was spraying the, the milk into the bandana and then it was filtering into my mouth. At least you just tried. imagine me getting waterboarded. That's a step. That's from a step. cow's teat underneath of it. That's a step in the right direction for you. At least you're attempting science. I'm proud of you. Yeah, thank you. You're never allowed I back. I stole to, the bandana too. You never allowed back to that petting zoo, but I am proud of you. They hey, don't have cow teats there. Yeah, it's very tempting. Yeah, I guess it's on them. It's, like, it's on the cows for having teats. All right, let's end this. Yeah, I, I've said teeth way too much tonight. I know. I just wanted to see how many times we could say it. I don't. I don't think I've ever said it uh, before until right now. But like, I'm gonna work it in there. Maybe not a daily basis. Maybe once a week. Maybe once a teeth. Uh, All right. Well, we're gonna wrap it up. We'll see you guys next time. Check you later.